as we walk through the world, we are constantly influenced by everything that we interact with. We bring outside influences into our being, consciously or unconsciously. We allow them to enter into our being and they have an effect on us. For instance, the mere act of opening up a newspaper in the morning is allowing outside influence into your consciousness. How often have you opened up a newspaper and responded to the headline with, Oh my God. Turning on the television in the morning and watching the news or whatever it is that you watch is allowing an outside influence to enter into your being and to influence you. As you walk down the street in a large city, the occurrences that happen on that street are going to influence you. The things you see in stores, the marquees on the movie theaters that you pass by, the advertisements that are stuck on the walls that you pass by, the billboards that you see are all going to have influences on you. The mode of the people that you interact with and their opinions and the where points of view and the way they interact with you are going to have influence on you. Everything that we see, hear, eat, smell, influences us somehow. Um, the sugar in a candy bar uh, may taste sweet to us, but the influence 20 years from now of too many of these candy bars is going to be something other than sweet. We need to know that we, as a being, are physically, mentally, and spiritually being constantly influenced by what our senses interact with. So, what do we do and how do we protect ourselves? Recently, I was away, and where I was, there was no television, there were no telephones, and there were no newspapers. And within two days, I noticed an enormous change in my being. There was a calmness in the morning when I woke up that I really wasn't used to. There was a difference in my thought patterns as I walked through the day than I had been used to. Two days without newspapers, telephones, and television. The question comes, 
why can't we learn to be on retreat in our everyday life? What is it that stops us from doing what's right for ourselves while we're in the midst of our everyday life? Why do we allow ourselves to be susceptible to everything that influences us when we can choose just as if we chose to go away to be not involved with all of these things what's to stop you from not reading the newspaper in the morning what's to stop you from not turning on the television what's to stop you from not engaging in things that distress you what's to stop you from doing that well one of the things that stops us is our habits God bless you we do the things that we're used to doing and we do them over and over and over and it doesn't occur to us to change anything unless something extraordinary happens to us that forces us to change. For instance, uh, there's a road near here called Lincoln Drive. Lincoln Drive is a very twisty, dangerous road to drive on. Yet lots of people take it. And a number of people every year get into very bad accidents on Lincoln Drive. Some people have decided that they're not going to drive on Lincoln Drive anymore because after driving on it for a while, they realize this road is dangerous. And if I continue to drive on this road, all those close calls that I've had over the last six months are not going to be close calls anymore. Something else is going to happen. So they go a different way. Well, with our life, We have to decide to go a different way. But we do that with one situation at a time. The problem is that our mind is constantly in need of excitement. It's constantly in need of interaction. It's constantly in need of being kept busy. It doesn't stop. Uh, Bao would describe the mind as being like the reed on an ocean. Now imagine the waves of the ocean and the reed on top of it. The reed just keeps moving as the water undulates. It doesn't stop. It can't stop. It's being pushed and pulled by forces other than itself, and it's susceptible to those forces on a continuous basis. Interesting. It's susceptible to those forces on a continuing basis. Something like us. Our mind is not allegorically like a reed on the ocean. It really is like a reed on the ocean. It doesn't stop. It needs something to deal with 
on a steady basis. And it constantly needs to be fed things to deal with. And if we stop feeding it things to deal with, it's going to go off on its own in directions that we may not be happy with. Yet, unless we have some kind of control over this, we're going to go along with it. What can we do to change where we're taken every day? What can we do to alter the read? Us. What can we do to get involved in what the mind deals with every day? And the answer to this question has been given to us. But we're really not cognizant of the extent of the cure that we need to implement, how important it is, and how it actually works. Repetition of the names of God by our mind keeps our mind busy and keeps it influenced in the appropriate way and breaks habits that are bad for us. If the mind is busy repeating Rahman, 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 it can't be wrapped up in the anxiety of what's going to be, of what's going to happen tomorrow. You see, the mind deals with the past and with the future. It doesn't deal with what's going on right now. Watch yourself. Look at your thinking process and see how you think. You're thinking about what I'm going to do next. You're not concentrated on what I'm doing right now. As a matter of fact, let's take something like driving. How often do you actually think about driving while you're driving? You don't think about what you're doing. What's going on in your head while you're driving? You think about where you're going to go, how you're going to get there, what you're going to do next, what's expected. But do you really think about driving? It becomes automatic. So what happens to us is our life, as we're living it, is on automatic Yet, what we haven't done, or what we have done in the past, is what we spent all our time concentrating on. It has nothing to do with our existence in the moment. Which means, in a very, 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 very real way, we're detached from our own existence. We're distant from our own existence. We're not in tune with ourselves. We're in tune with who we were or thought we were or who we think we're going to be or what we think we're going to do. Strange. Actually, very strange. Why are we this way? 
Well, part of it has to do with the nature of our mind and the fact that we think that's what we are. In order to change, we have to change what we think we are. We have to be able to see ourselves in a larger scope. Good meditation techniques are, sit still and imagine yourself without a body. What would you be like if you didn't have a body? Would you be worried about food? Would you be worried about housing? Would you be worried about cars? Would you be worried about clothes? Would you be worried about how you look? Would you be worried about how somebody else looks? Would you be worried about taking care of yourself? If you were light, imagine how many of these things no longer become part of what you consider. Now, Imagine if all of these things that we consider actively in our mind imaginations were removed because we didn't care about them anymore. Now, I know that when we were in high school, the social strata in high school was important. Now that we're not in high school anymore... We don't care about it. We give very little thought from it, to it, except for maybe some of the psychos on television who uh, are recreating a life out of their high school experiences, and that's what the TV show's about. But in general, <laughs> we're, not, <laughs> we're not thinking about it very much anymore. We can have that same attitude towards the things going on in our life right now that aren't important. The only problem is we think they're important. And we need to be able to give them less importance. If we give Rahman more importance, other things will become less important. And if we reiterate Rahman, 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 until it becomes habitual, then it's going to fill the gaps in our head that are filled with all of the nonsense that is influencing and pushing and pulling our life right now. So, why do we need to repeat the names of God? To save ourselves. To give ourselves the ability to release ourselves from all the trials and tribulations that the world puts on us that we take on as if they belong to us and as if we are supposed to deal with them and as if they have long-term influence on our being. Imagine if uh, you're taking a trip and your itinerary itinerary, consists of Sweden and Florida. But all you pack is t-shirts and shorts, and you end up in Sweden in February. You're in trouble, 
because you only packed for Florida. Well, we are all on a journey. And this life is part of the journey. And we spend all our time and all our effort on this part of the itinerary. We forgot the next world. We forgot that this isn't all there is. We forgot we're also going to Sweden. And it's different there than it is here. And the rules are different there than they are here. The kinds of things that seem, seem, not are, but seem okay here, not only don't seem okay there, they aren't okay there. And if that's the way you are, you can't be there. Because the way you are here holds you back from there. The Quran says, If they make war against you, then fight them in God's cause. But do not become an aggressor, because God hates aggression. Which is very simple. As far as your involvements in this world, you're allowed self-defense. And that's it. And you're only allowed self-defense when it has to do with God's cause. So our aggression towards others in this world is extremely narrow in what's permitted to us. And we need to know what's permitted to us. Aggression is not permitted to us to satisfy our pride. Aggression is not permitted to us to satisfy our sense of honor. Aggression is not permitted to us in order to satisfy our need for revenge. Aggression is not permitted for us in order to receive titles or to receive power or to receive self-aggrandizement. We have to be people who follow a certain path of action. And we have to remove ourselves from conflict in a certain way. And this removal of ourself can only occur if we find satisfaction in Rahman, 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 Rahman. If we don't find satisfaction in our understanding that we are part of God and we return to Him, if we don't find peace in that understanding, we can't find peace here under any circumstances because what we're going to be trying to do is find peace in the creation not peace in the creator and if we do that 
we've lost touch with reality and we've decided that we are making our stake, we're putting our stand on the temporary creation that we see and we look to make our peace with the things that we feel, touch, see, and hear. We don't see light, but light allows us to see everything. We don't even see the things that we think we see. We see the reflection of the light off them that reacts in our eyes. Yet we think we're seeing things. You're seeing an image that's on the back of your retina that somehow is connected to your brain that works through light. Get real. Get real. Find reality. Understand, even through scientific awareness, of the non-reality of all of our assumptions, of the non-reality of our existence, of how we as created beings go through a creation on a temporary basis. Watch the lifespan of a fly in a laboratory and understand the only difference between its lifespan and our lifespan is something we've created called time. Yet the passage of that time, or at least what we consider the passage of that time, is going to have the same consequences on the lifespan of a 24-hour fly and of a 70 or 80 or 90-year-old human. The consequences are the same. The consequences are the same on everything that we see. But what is it in our being that refuses to acknowledge those consequences? What is it in our being that refuses to see the entire span of our existence and focuses on our imagination of the past and the future alone. It's real simple. It's that we rely on the mind for our understanding of things. And our mind cannot imagine our death. Our mind cannot imagine not existing. Our mind cannot imagine not thinking. If we did, if we imagined all these things, we would see things in quite a different way. Not everybody knows about baseball, but there used to be a pitcher in Philly called Tug McGraw. And he used to talk about the, uh, the, uh, his theory of baseball. And his theory of baseball was that every baseball was eventually going to explode when the earth exploded. So you might as well throw it as hard as you can because it doesn't matter. And he concluded that win or lose, you go out there and you just do it. Because in the end, nothing's going to be here. 
and he was very funny when he talked about it. Tug was a funny guy. But he had an inkling of an appropriate understanding. We need to get an inkling of an appropriate understanding. It's going to make our lives much easier for us to bear. Right now, when we're in a state of confusion and in a state of anxiety, we believe that we need to resolve situations in order for other situations to be clarified. And what happens is that we're constantly clarifying situations. It never stops. We need to clarify relationships. We need to clarify finances. We need to clarify entanglements. We need to clarify politics. We need to clarify everything needs to be clarified. Everything needs to be worked out. What needs to be worked out is peace inside of ourselves. Once peace inside of ourselves is clarified, once we've worked out peace inside of ourselves, everything else falls into place. Because if we connect to reality, then reality is connected to us. And then answers come to questions before the, ans- before the questions appear. Because you're in line with that which is coming. You're no longer in the way of the truth. You are the truth. There is no path to the truth. The truth is the path. You don't get to the truth. You become the truth. And if you don't become the truth, you can't understand the truth. You can't understand reality until you are reality. You can't be real until you are real. It's all about becoming. It's all about being. It's not about going to become or I was back then. It's about now and the ability to be now. And there's rules for all of this. There's rules for how we're allowed to act. There's rules for what we're allowed to do. There's rules for the way we're supposed to be. We can't be negative. We can't be involved in negative situations. We can't be involved in conflicts that have no reason. We can't be aggressive. Even though every bone in our body says... You're right to be aggressive. We can't be aggressive. It destroys our peace. Everything we carry destroys us. Every intention for destruction that we have against something else destroys us. Every positive intention that we have for something else heals us, makes us appropriate, makes us correct. If we believed in those rules in the same way that we believe 
that two and two is four, we would be much stronger beings. And until we actually believe these things, and we believe them strong enough to act in accordance with these things, nothing's going to change. But when our actions are in accordance with those things, because our beliefs are that strong, then things will begin to happen. Things will begin to take place. There will be change in our being. Transformation will occur, and there will become a pathway that reality can enter us, an opening for reality to enter us, so that we can become at one with that, as opposed to being at one with illusion, as opposed to being at one with all the things that drive us now. Slowly, this will happen. And we have to understand that it happens slowly. So, we have to be able to sit and repeat Rahman, 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 Rahman. We have to be content with the repetition. We have to be content with the quiet and peace that comes from being alone. We have to understand that more will come and be satisfied with whatever comes now. We have to be willing to wait and to do at the same time. We can't expect. We have to believe. Belief is different than hope. Belief is different than expectation. Expectation is like a demand. We don't demand of God. But we can know that mercy is coming to us. And it's only when Allah's will deems it so that it will occur. But Allah has promised us mercy. And we trust in Allah. So, whatever our mind tells us as to the state of the mercy around us, we ignore because we know that Allah is merciful and that mercy is here with us now. That love is here with us now. And that's the difference between the ones who are the lovers and the ones who make believe. The lovers actively love in the face of what to other people appears to be annihilation. The world is full of drama queens. The world is full of people making accusations and telling us what's wrong. We need to look at them and love. It's an old Irving Berlin song from the Depression. It says, we have to face the music 
and dance. What we have to face the music and love. It's our obligation and our salvation. There is no other salvation. And if we're looking for salvation, we're going to become lovers. If we're looking for the world, we're going to become drama queens. The choice is ours, and we have to make it every day. We have to make it every moment. God help us be his lovers. Amen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.